Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <laughs> This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I break down free agency, and some of the most notable uh, moves the Chiefs have made have involved the offensive line, and who better to discuss that with than Joe Valerio, a former Chiefs offense lineman. How's it going, Joe? Good, Jeff. How you doing, buddy? How's, how are you hanging in there? Hanging in there, man. This is, you know, it, it helps to have these podcasts, you know. It, it, it really uh, cheers up my day. It um, sure does. Hopefully it's giving the fans something uh, good to listen to, bring a little bright and cheery, you know, Chiefs talk and free agency talk to, uh, to what, what has become a very crazy world out there the last couple of weeks. Totally. And as far as the Chiefs talk, we knew there would be a little less Chiefs talk in the sense that they're uh, flush up against the salary cap. Don't, they're not going to be freewheeling, free spending. But so far, the most notable acquisition is them bringing in Mike Remmers, uh, signing mm-hmm. him from Giants on a one-year deal. And then uh, Stefan Wisniewski, uh, who was so key down the stretch, uh, leaving and signing with the Steelers. Joe, what are your so- thoughts about some of those moves? Well, I think I think we we lost um, somebody who obviously was part of two Super Bowls now, uh, you know, and having Stefan Wisniewski, you know, he, he no one can doubt that he knows how to get on and, and be a part of and an integral part of, of a winning team. I mean, I think he what he did this year and stepping up and being able to to really fill fill a hole, uh, you know, when Andrew Wiley was hurt. I, I think that was that was really big for the Chiefs down the stretch, especially. Um, and I think picking up Remmers is, you know, I don't know the verdict will be out after we see maybe some OTAs and see how Remmers fits in with the chiefs sort of freewheeling, you know, zone def- or zone blocking, uh, offensive line scheme, um, you know, and, and sort of the freewheeling Patrick Mahomes pass protection that you have to, you have to abide by. Right. Cause it's, it's really, it's, it's tough actually to, to pass protect for somebody like, um, you know, like Patrick Mahomes, because it's hard to rush him as a, as right. a defender because you never know where he's going to be. So therefore, the defensive, you know, linemen don't rush the same way. They rush a little differently. So the, so the vertical will be out because, you know, Remmers is used to playing with, you know, sort of in a drop back scheme with, you know, a not too mobile, you know, Eli Manning. So we'll see how, how that pass rushes. I think that's probably the thing that Remmers has uh, struggled with a little bit more than his run game. I think he's a heck of a zone blocker. Watch some film. Um, he does get into double teams well, which is going to be important for the Chiefs because their their whole running game, you know, is based off of the zone uh, scheme with the offensive linemen working together in combos and working together in pairs and then getting up to the next level and trying to grind out that three, four, five yards a pop. So I think I think from a running perspective, I think they've upgraded a little bit. You know, we'll see how how his pass protection turns out. He's very versatile. 
You know, he, he started a lot of games at guard, started a lot of games at tackle. So versatile. I actually, you know, I was looking this up. And so he started at left tackle and right tackle, not just played, but started at left tackle and right tackle in 2016, left guard, right guard, and right tackle in 2017, and right tackle and right guard in 2019. So, and the Chiefs love versatility. Your boy sure. must be something about these guys who have triplets because Andy Heck, they talk about this a lot that he loves to cross train his linemen and move them around so that they, if there's an injury, they know one position. You were Mr. Versatility with the Chiefs. Uh, talk about why that's a smart uh, principle uh, that Andy Heck abides by and why that's so important that Remmers can, can do that. Yeah, it's, it's important to have versatility on the line, number one, because you don't have that many guys. You know, I mean, when you really think about what, what you dress uh, and what a team dresses for a game, you know, you're generally dressing anywhere from seven to eight. I very rarely have seen nine linemen dress, you know. So, you know, you really have to have your backups. You know, you can't have a backup at every position. I mean, you, ha you have it for practice. You know, you generally have 10, 11 in practice, a couple practice squad guys, you know, here and there. But, you know, when, when it comes to game time and, you're, and you need players at other positions, you know, receiver, you got to carry deep, especially in the, in the Chiefs offense with, with so many receivers and, and their spread that they run out with, you know, three, four receivers at a time. You know, you can't really afford to have eight or nine linemen dressed for a game. And so you have to have those two sometimes three backups that need to be able to play everywhere. And if you can get one of them that can do it really well, you know, that really helps um, because then they can rotate through and, and they can build that chemistry. You we talked about earlier this season about the chemistry it takes to have an effective offensive line. And there's a, there's a lot that goes into, um, into zone blocking and, and the ability to get hips together, to know when one, one, blocker is going to come off of the down lineman and when the next one's going to go up to the next level to the linebacker. So it takes a lot of timing. It takes a lot of athletic ability and <clears throat> something that, you know, you really hope that fans would sort of watch because when, when they start complaining about the running game and, oh, you know, we mm -hmm. can't, you know, our backs can't do this and we don't have a back to do that. You know, you, you need to watch the way that the linemen are creating space and creating holes for for the running backs and, and, and in, the, in the new world order, uh, the way that teams are, are running the ball with RPO and, and, and with the kind of versatile backs that they have, because you don't have fullbacks anymore. You know, you don't have that, that fullback that comes in and cleans it up, right? right? The old Tom Rathman days, the Moose Johnson, you know, go back into the Chiefs days of Bill Jones, you know, Kimball Anders, Tony Richardson, right? You just don't have those guys to clean it up anymore. So your line – has really got to take take the load on as it relates to creating space and creating holes, and, and it's got to be clean because you don't have you know you don't have lead blockers anymore. Did you did you play literally every position in the NFL? Were you left guard, right guard, right tackle, left tackle, center? Did you did you have a, a, a time at each one of those? I did, I did. I started I started at every position on on the line, wow. um, even tight end. I, I did start a game or two at tight end. That's right. Um, when we went, we started the game as a double tight end situation. So technically, even though I wasn't the number one tight end, I did start in a double tight end situation in, in a couple games. But, you know, the, um, you know, my favorite, my favorite position, probably if I had to say, you know, um, was center. I, I really loved, I really loved playing center. Um, I love being at the middle of it all, getting a chance to make the calls. Uh, it was always very comforting having two great guards on the side. I mean, think about some of the guards that I got to play with, 
you know, when I was centered, guys like Dave Lutz, um, you know, Will Shields, obviously Hall of Famer, you know, uh, Dave Zott. I mean, wow. you know, just guys that I got to be, you know, yeah. when, you, when you have those anchors on either side of you, you know, they, they make your life a lot easier. Not, not taking anything away from, you know, the greats like Tim Grunhard and, you know, and what, what other centers have done that I got to play with. But it was really good being, being at center. I really enjoyed that part of it. You know, playing left tackle was scary. You know, that was, that was, that was a, that was a, you know, especially back in the nineties when, you know, when we were straight drop back, you know, Dave Craig was, you know, sometimes he was like eight, nine yards back, you know, back there, you know, Joe Montana was more of a five step to six, seven step guy. He wasn't really a super, cause he never really went in the shotgun. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to be dropped back there to, to scary as much at left tackle, but you know, that'll give you, I'm tell you a funny story about the mentality of left tackle. So, so John Alt, um, was, you know, my roommate on the road for a couple of years and, uh, we got to be really good friends and my wife, Jennifer and his wife, Carolyn got to know each other really well. And Carolyn was telling my wife, Jen, a story one time, <clears throat> it was their anniversary and they decided to sort of get away. And, you know, as m- most people know that the, in the NFL, Tuesdays are the day off, right? Okay, That's yeah. general, the general day off, right? Wednesday the f- is the first day of the week. So, so Carolyn, for their anniversary, decided they were going to go into Kansas City and get a nice dinner, mm-hmm. maybe stay at a hotel by the plaza and, you know, kind of walk around and just get away from the kids for a night, you know, during the season and celebrate. And, you know, after they got done from dinner, they went back to the hotel and, you know, probably had a drink or two or whatever and were hanging out. And John was sitting on the edge of the bed in the hotel and he said, Carolyn, we got to go home. And she's like, John, it's our anniversary. We're celebrating being away from the kids and, you know, doing all this stuff. It's the season. It's stressful. And let's celebrate. And he goes, no, we got, we got to go home. And John was a man of very few words. And when, <laughs> and when John wanted something and he, the way that he said it, you knew you just gave it to him, right? Because that's yeah. just, that was John Alt, right? And he's like, no, we're going home. She's like, John, why? He goes, it's Leslie O'Neill week. And we were, we, were get, we were getting ready to play the Chargers out, out in San Diego. And that's all he had to say to Carolyn was, it's Leslie O'Neill week. And that's how linemen think, right? That's, and that's, that's the stress of being a left tackle. You know, it's Leslie O'Neill week. Because all he was thinking about was, how do I handle number 91? Because Leslie at his time, man, he was Oh, he was great. He was an elite, just a terrific athlete, super tall, super long crafty and yeah so that that's that's how left tackle sinks that was never my favorite position for sure. <laughs> understandable we're going to get back to our offensive line talk here but while you're waiting this out at home with us you can still have some fun betting at betonline.com with no nba nhl or mlb you might think there's nothing to bet on but 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 bet online still has hundreds of places to wager including their online casino with poker and blackjack and sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts. There's things like American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee. There's $750,000 poker series. There is still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, the fun never ends. Joe, uh, I know you said you didn't love being on left tackle. That is a scary position. But back to the interior a little bit. Um, you know, Stefan Wisniewski really solidified that position down the road, down the line in the postseason for the Chiefs. I, I was kind of bummed the Chiefs didn't sign him. I know they don't have a lot of money. It was only a two-year 
2.85 million deal. And you know what, Wisniewski, it's great for him. He's from Pittsburgh, he gets to go back home. You know, he's a Penn State legacy. But I was a little bummed that the Chiefs couldn't, uh, couldn't re-sign him for that amount of money. Yeah, I was I was really surprised too, Jeff, because it wasn't like it was a Kendall Fuller or Agba right. deal or something, you know, just that that, that would have put them completely over the edge. And you know, keeping the band together was what I thought you know they would do. And um, you know, obviously, there's bright people looking looking at this stuff and the capologists and 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 the talent scouts and and general manager and and all the people that go into putting their input into. Uh, you know, into who they bring into the organization. So obviously they've, they've seen some good things with Mike Remmer. So, you know, I, I didn't, I actually, to tell you the truth, Jeff, I don't know the, um, the terms of his deal. Do you, do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, what it was, he, it actually looked like a pretty team friendly contract. So I yeah. don't know if Wisniewski maybe just wanted to go back home, you know, yeah. uh, that could very well be, but it looked, it looked, uh, and, and Remmer's is only on a one-year deal. Yeah. Chiefs are signing a lot of guys on one-year deals. So yeah. Be, yeah. So maybe that's, you know, that could, that could factor into it, right? It's a yeah. new world, man, with this cap and everything that, you know, well, it's not a new world. It's been, cap's been going on now for, you know, almost 17, you know, 18 years now at this point, right? But having to pay Chris Jones and, you know, extending Mahomes down the road. Yeah. We get it. Uh, who did, so, uh, Joe, how do you see their starting offensive line shaking out? Do you think that Remmers actually – um, replaces Wisniewski at starting guard, or do you think he's a swing guy who's a backup? And how, how do you see it kind of shaking out? Do you think that Wiley goes back at left guard? Who? How do you see it? I, I think. Well, let's let's talk about the positions that are uh-huh. that are going to be no brainers, right? right? Mitch Schwartz is Mitchell Schwartz is. You know, God, I'm still fuming about him not going to the Pro Bowl. That, that's. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to bring that up. Open up that old wound. Pour, pour salt in that wound. <laughs> um, but Mitchell Schwartz is a lock. He's he's a he's an All Pro player. He's fantastic leader lock him in right we don't even really need to have a discussion I think Eric Fisher there was some questions about him I think late in the maybe middle of the season right people were wondering is he really the you know player and then then he goes ahead and does the stone cold Steve Austin Bud Light he locked himself (laughs) in to left tackle and I think I think down the stretch I think he did all the right things not only that he kind of showed more in his absence Joe the Chiefs Never lost. Eric Fisher missed a lot of time with injury. The Chiefs never lost when he played. Eleven and zero, eight and zero in the regular season, three and zero in the in the postseason. Yeah. You know, he really he was a number one pick overall, and I he struggled a little bit, especially when you're that high a pick. But he yeah. he really came on, and I think that stat speaks for itself. You know, yeah, he's a winner, and and I think we lock him in. Uh, I think we lock in Austin Ryder. I think we lock him in at right. center. I think he has solid season. Um, you know, he's he's great on, on hit when you watch him with his zone blocking. The center's tough. You get the ball between your legs, and mm-hmm. you know you're starting out in a, in a in a in a bad situation from the very beginning. I when I coached high school football, I always used to work, you know, with the centers a lot because I would you know really help them with their left hand. And he's got a fantastic left hand. When you watch. You know, when you watch a center, as they they'll they'll do this motion where you know as they're snapping it, they'll 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 extend their left hand to get a hand on something because think about it, you got one hand between your legs, you got no arm, right? So if it, if you have a guy on your right side, you got to be able to use your left hand. He's got really quick hands, hmm. so that's what I really like about. It. So I think he's solid in there. You know, LDT. You know, I mean, I know there was also talk about you know whether he was maybe right. one of the weaker links, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the line this year, besides the, the rotation that they had at, at left guard, right. That sort mm-hmm. of the, because of, of, of um, 
Andrew Wiley's injury, but but I but I think I think LDT, you know, when you when you watch the games and you think about the wins that they had in in the um, in the postseason, you know, I think that that side of the line, what he and Mitchell Schwartz did, and, and with Austin playing the center, sandwiching him in there, I think it was a good combination, and and I think they they were able to, you know, you're not going to have five all pros. You know, you, you have to, you know, it's impossible. Yeah, it's not a reality. Yeah. It's not a reality. So you got to make do with what you have. So I guess logically then where does that leave us? It leaves us at left guard and, and what's going to happen. And and I think if, if it were me and, and when I think back to some of my time and the way they challenge people, you know, you want, you want your players going in with a lot of confidence, right? You want as many of your linemen going in and getting as many reps in the OTAs and then in, in mini camp, and then at camp, and then in the season, right? So you you want them all really, really working well together. So if it were me, if I were had a magic ball, and and, and I was getting an Andy Hex ear, you know, I'd say leave you know Fisher's locked, leave your left side, including your center, your right side, including your center, locked up, right? Let's just focus on the left guard position, and let's chal- you know let's challenge you know uh, Andrew Wiley, let's challenge him with Mike Remmers. And I, I think that's what's going to happen. That, that's the, the way that I've seen a lot of these sort of battles rather than trying to like, all right, well, is Remmers better at right guard? So let's move LDT to left and have him challenge it. You know, I think they go with status quo, make the, make the left guard position, the challenge position and, and see where it shakes out from there. That, that's what I think they'll do kind of made the best man win at left guard. And that might be one of the more, you know, come training camp, that might be one of the more uh, contentious spots on the Chiefs roster. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay to have good competition and, and the team will rally around that. And, and, and I think they'll build good morale and good chemistry on the offense if they say, okay, look, we want to have the best five out there. We also want to create some chemistry. So let's keep the other four solid. Let's let them go into mm-hmm. this. OTA season and, and, and training camp and mini camp season and go into it with those positions locked up and let's challenge that one, you know, let's, let's make that one position, the challenge position and, and, and let the battle begin. That that's how I think it'll, it'll play out. And certainly a pragmatic approach. And we're talking about starting jobs here and the perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. And the only place to find the perfect hire is on LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has over six, 175 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. And it's why companies rate LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Joe, I wanted to share, because uh, I, I think some listeners might not know Mike Remmer's um, story, and it's a cool one. You know, for a guy who came from Penn to, to play as long as – you did the NFL. I, I thought you'd appreciate this because <laughs> Remmers, he was a walk-on at Oregon State. Yeah. So we and and then he ended up starting forty-four games there. That in itself is amazing. You know, Pac-12 yeah. school. Then he's an undrafted free agent. Spends his first training camp with the Denver Broncos, where we found out 
Joe almost ended up at one point before, <laughs> before joining the Buccaneers practice squad. And then he finally made his debut with the Chargers and then went through a bunch of different teams, played for the Panthers, was in Super Bowl 50. What a journey. Undrafted guy, walk-on guy to be – to have started as many games as he has. Just amazing story. Yeah, they, they, what they need to do at some point is, you know, and I'm sure there has been. I just, I'm not, uh, you know, haven't read as many of the books that, that might be out there, but there's got to be a book or something about these kind of Cinderella stories, right? I mean, what, how cool would it be to read, a, you know, a chapter, you know, maybe, maybe if, you, if you took 15 of the best players like a Mike Remmers and said, okay, these are the ones I'm going to focus on and we're going to tell their story. I mean, how inspirational would that be, right? I mean, it's, it's one thing to have, you know, the God-given talents of, you know, a Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, and, and taking nothing away from him, but, you know, and his father played in, in, in the major leagues and, you know, he grew up around professional athletes and you hear those stories all the time, right? Of players who, you know, kind of like, almost like they were, they were born into it, right? And, and then you hear players like Mike Remmers, Tony Richardson, mm-hmm. right? Journeyman bouncing around, fullback with the Steelers, you know, practice squad here, back up there, and then goes on and just finds the right spot. Rich, to some degree, Rich Gannon totally. might even oh, fall totally. into that kind of category, right? Wasn't even sure if he was going to, you know, take the offer when he got drafted because he said, no, I'm not playing receiver. I'm going wherever the, whoever wants me as a quarterback and, you know, kind of put it on the line. There's a lot of stories out there. And I think these kind of, those kind of stories are really inspirational for people you know, to read about or to hear about, you know, where players weren't, you know, they didn't run the four, two, five, forty at the combine and bench, you know, two twenty-five, thirty times. You know, there there's players out there that just they just they just keep after it and they stay and they stay. I mean, Dave Zoth's probably the, the Tony Richardson's probably one of the more successful players that I played with, at least in, in my era, that, that kind of went through that route, like mm-hmm. Mike Remmer's route. And Dave Zott was another one. You know, Dave was a seventh-round pick. He bounced around a little bit at Penn State between offensive and defensive line. You know, he was, he was now he was, a, he was an all-state state champion wrestler as well. Uh, so, you know, he had, he had the a- athletic ability to do multiple sports. But, you know, his NFL career wasn't paved for him, you know, as a seventh-round pick. Uh, you know, coming out of Penn State who, who, you know, didn't really specialize in offensive line, but the Chiefs saw something in him and his drive and his tenacity and, and his athletic ability. And, you know, he went on and had an unbelievable career, right? Super successful. I thought Zot, I'm curious your take on that. Joe is an outsider and just a fan. I thought during the era that Zot played for the Chiefs, I thought he kind of personified the Chiefs. That he was just that, you know, I thought of Marty Ball and toughness. I thought Zot was kind of again he he really personified the chiefs do you do you agree he really did and and dave was undersized you know mm-hmm. um dave and i were the two i don't know if we told the story but you know when 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 alex gibbs came to the chiefs he implemented a weight rule for for us on offensive line so he worked with the trainers this is you know this is typical of what they'll do with offensive linemen so he worked with the trainers he worked with you know our team doctors and said okay we need to find everybody's optimal weight and we're going to give them a 10 pound range. And so, you know, some guys might be, you know, for Dave and I, it was guys, I want you between 295 and 305. Like that was our, that was Dave and I's 10 pound range. Didn't want us going below that. Didn't want us going above it. Now there were some guys who were naturally big, you know, Ricky Sigler, 
you know, was a beast and, you know, Derek Graham and John Alt, right? So mm -hmm. their range might have been 315 to 325. So Dave and I were always on the light end. We were always the guys that were, oh man, when we weigh in tomorrow, I hope I'm more than 295. Because like, you know, you got fined $50 per pound per day that you were either underweight or overweight. So Dave and I on Thursday nights, we would leave the stadium and guys like Derek Graham, sometimes Timmy Grunhard would fall into that situation where, you know, he'd be tipping up during the middle of the season. Everybody's starting to put on their winter weight a little bit. And, and they would drag, they'd put on the rubber suits and they would drag the bikes into the, into the hot sauna in the locker room. And they'd be biking on Thursday night trying to get down so they didn't get fined for being overweight. And here Dave and I were deciding, all right, what burger joint are we going tonight <laughs> to have fries, burger, and a milkshake? And guys used to get so mad at us. We stopped oh, talking man. about it. <laughs> and, and so, so because they would be, they were just so angry, but, but, you know, going back to Dave, you know, that's right. He was undersized, right? We were the two guys that were drinking, you know, trying to drink a gallon of water and eat two bagels before weigh in because we didn't want to be too light, but man, you never would have known it. And Dave, let me tell you something about Dave. He's a guy, I wouldn't mess with Dave in a million years because yeah. as a wrestler, as a state champion wrestler and the type of strength that he had, um, he would kill me like Dave, like, cause you know, I, I boxed so I, I could maybe, you know, try to keep him away as long as I could, you know, with like a jab. But if Dave got into your body done, I would have been done. He would have killed me. He would have broke my legs. And uh, we always used to joke about that. It's no, nobody wanted to mess with Dave's eye, no matter how big you were or, or how tough, or, if, you know, even if you were a good boxer, Dave would get into you, man, he'd pin you. That wrestling background. It's all, it's so key for offensive linemen. Well, you know, this week, Joe and I are both wearing T-shirts right now, and we're super excited about our, a new sponsor we have for our show. Style's changing, formal wear is out, and the T-shirt is in. So True Classic Tees are some of our favorites. It's based in L.A., and it's a T-shirt company that's on the rise. The T-shirts are soft, they hold up in the wash, and they're incredibly versatile. You could wear them out, you could wear them to work out or around the house, and it sounds like we'll be doing a lot more of that very soon. And the best part, they're incredibly cheap, only $15. And now you can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, B-L-E-A-V at trueclassictees.com. Um, so we, we love having them as a sponsor. If we went on it for another sponsor, Bet Online, Joe, if you had a Bet Online, who do you say is left guard? next uh, next year do you mm -hmm. think it's uh do you think it's remmers do you think they uh stick with uh wiley who was the left guard you know before getting hurt how do you call it if i uh, go back i'm in my t-shirt i don't want to be looking <laughs> for a new job on linkedin <laughs> getting this wrong but i'm gonna make a bet I'm going to say I'm going to say that Remmers uh, ends up ends up the starting left guard. I, I think if if I had you know, day game one opening day of the season, I think it's the four that I mentioned. You know, I I think uh, Mitchell Schwartz, LDT, Austin, uh, Eric, obviously at, at uh, left tackle, and and I think the left guard is going to be Mike Remmers. I really do. I think he's going to. I think he's going to his his versatility and his interior run blocking, where he doesn't have to focus too much on the on the one-on-one -on -one pass blocking as a tackle, 
I think he's got all the skills to really fill that hole at left guard and um, and really solidify that for them for the Chiefs this year. I really do. I th- I, so I think it's going to be Remmers. I think he's going to win the spot. So we'll put that I, in the little, make a little black box statement. We'll open the black box up on the day on the first day. <laughs> we'll open it up and say, was Joe right? I don't know, but I, I think that's the way the line's going to shake out, barring any injuries or crazy, you know, any crazy thing that happens to anybody's health. I kind of think so too. And as you mentioned, the Chiefs are in such good shape on on the perimeter. And that's kind of what was so cool about last year. Like they, they knew they had Schwartz. Fisher was, they, they knew was good, but he was battling the injuries. And it kind of allowed Andy Reid to tinker with the inside. They knew that, mm-hmm. hey, we had to pe- protect Mahomes against those speedy edge rushes. And we knew we had that taken care of. And we could kind of, as the running backs shuffled through through injuries, and then the interior of the line shuffled mm-hmm. through. You know, so yeah. and that might that's a good point, too, that I, I'm with you. I think Remmers gets the job, too. But there might be some shuffling in there. They have some versatile guys that might be mixing around, moving around in the interior. Yeah. Yeah. And you never know. I mean, obviously, they're going to need somebody that can play tackle. I mean, you know, you know, we, we lost what Mitchell Schwartz for what a half a game, I think, right, to break his darn streak. But, um, you know, I think I think, you know, you never know, right? A tackle, what can happen? You get rolled up or whatever. And they're going to need somebody that that can go in and, and really play, you know, that position. So, you know, I think that's where an that's where an Andrew Wiley comes in is that if he does lose the starting position, you know, and then and then there's an injury, a tackle, if Remmers can bump out and then you just move Andrew in, nobody misses a beat, right? It's almost like, it's almost in, in essence, the same way it was with Wisniewski, they almost had six starters. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you want. You want to have six or seven real players who could start anywhere else. That's, that's the goal, right? Especially in this new world order with, you know, the, the amount of depth that, that you can keep on a roster, right? And how many guys you can dress and, and all that stuff with the salary cap. You just have to have seven starters, um, you know, and turn them into five for the game. And while I'm, I'm sad to lose Wisniewski, very happy for him. What a cool, you know, he was a guy who's without a job for much of last year. He wins a Super Bowl ring, provides a lot, uh, shores up the interior, provides a lot of experience, some championship DNA, as we talked yeah, about. Yeah. And now he gets to go home to Pittsburgh. You know, good, good for him. A great, yeah. great story. It's almost like it's a mirror, almost what happened with Dave Zott when he went back to New Jersey and was, was with the Jets, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Dave's a you know, Clifton, New Jersey guy. And, and he, he had some personal needs. He needed to go back home and go back East for, which was great for his family. And the chiefs made it work with the jets and the trade. And, you know, it's just, it reminds me a lot of that. And, and Dave can be happy. He's working with the jets. Now he's the director of player development and, you know, good things happen to good people. And, and you're right. That's, if that's good for Stefan Wisniewski, you know, I'm sure it'll be better. It'll be, it'll, it'll benefit the league and it's good for him. And, and it looks like the chiefs have shorted up and, you know, they'll, they'll have, they'll have plenty of depth now, which, which is great. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Cam, right. You know, and how, how many of these guys can they keep and how many of these, you know, guys are going to be able to, um, you know, to get into the mix. So we'll see what happens with Cam Irving. They've been a little quiet. It's been a little quiet on the free agency front for him, I think. Totally. Another very versatile um, mm-hmm. player, which we'll see what, what happens to him. He struggled at, at times, but he does bring that versatility of can play yeah. any position, tackle center, uh, both guards. So kind of the moral of the story, though, is the Chiefs have good options on offensive line, a lot of versatility. Also know that Joe Valerio picked Remmers for the starting left guard yeah, and warned you not to mess with Dave Zott. So. There you go. And, 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 you know, there was an old saying in the locker room we used to say when, when Coach Schottenheimer was there, the more you can do, the less they can fire you for. 
So, you know, <laughs> versatility, Bill's versatility can, can be a really good friend. Absolutely. Said from one of the most versatile linemen himself, Joe Valerio. Well, if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.